Welcome to the Nourished and Nurturing Podcast, for two holistic-minded moms with a passion for real food and raising healthy, empowered children. We want to provide a safe and educational, judgment-free zone for supporting women as they journey into motherhood and discover the mom they were meant to be. I'm Marissa of Confidently Balanced. I'm a former speech-language pathologist turned nutritional therapy practitioner and have a passion for all things health, wellness, and mindset. I'm also a mama to a little guy with a big personality. And I'm Michelle. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner student. I have a degree in Thai massage and a master's in business analytics. I'm a mama to a little one and have another one on the way. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical concern. Hi. Hello. Good morning. Really? Yes. Good morning. This is the earliest (laughs) we've ever recorded. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it might stay that way for a while. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, birth story. I'm I'm actually really excited to share this. I can't Um, wait to hear yours. Yeah. I love, I love talking about my birth story. It's just one of those things like, I, I told you this when we were together. Um, I will probably never do a marathon, but <laughs> <laughs> I am super proud of my my birth. Like, Absolutely. Big accomplishment. Even though women do it all the time, every day, but... But it is, it, It's though. just amazing. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it so, is. Um, yeah, I know I shared some of my prenatal care and how I switched providers. I, I'm going to talk about that a little bit because I don't know how much I went into that, but um, I had been planning a hospital birth and I know that like right when I got pregnant, I, I'm pretty sure I said the words, there's no way I would have a home birth. <laughs> <laughs> and just going along in my pregnancy, I was seeing a midwife group at uh, Swedish Covenant Hospital for those local people. It's somewhat near, it's somewhat near me, like maybe 20 minutes away. So not the closest hospital, but uh, my doula recommended that they were okay with more of a natural approach and they were more friendly to that. And that was something I knew that I wanted to try to have, you know, in an ideal situation. And my doula I had picked out really early. She was my chiropractor and she was becoming a doula. And so before I even got pregnant, I kind of knew I wanted to use her. Um, and she thinks kind of the same way as I do a lot of, about a lot of things, like not necessarily following all of the conventional things and, um, kind of going with more of an evidence-based approach. So that that appealed to me as a statistician. Oh my gosh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you're getting to know me now. I've, I've seen your um, list. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we were going through that plan and working with those providers. And it was a midwife group. I think you had something similar where you had to meet multiple people. I did, yeah. Yeah, so there were 12 different midwives in this rotation. So they wanted you to see different ones during your appointments because you didn't know who you'd end up with at your birth. 
Um, so I, for the most part, I thought they were fine. Like I liked them and it was more of a, it felt very clinical. Like you show up, they open the computer, ask you some questions or, you know, ask questions from the nurse before the midwife comes in, gets all your stats. And then the midwife is kind of just in there like, okay, do you have any other questions? Like, like listen to the heartbeat and that's it. Um, so it, it was kind of like, well, okay, fine. Like I had my husband go in the beginning. I'm like, no, these are boring. Like (laughs) (laughs) you can stop coming. And, um, yeah, it was just a level of care that was, I think just making sure you didn't have something grossly wrong. Um, and that's fine. Like, I know that's very important, but it's, it's like, they're looking for something to diagnose. And if they don't find it, then you're fine. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, so, so it was fine. And I was, I was okay with that. And then we got to about 28 weeks. And I think I already talked about this with the, the glucola test. And mm. <laughs> I felt like I just wasn't being treated well. And, uh, the funny thing is like, at that time I had the capacity to do like testing my blood sugar four times a day and getting information and working with a nutritionist. I'm like, Oh, this, this spiked it. You know, it's not outside of the normal range, but this spiked it a little bit more and doing that kind of stuff. And right now I'm kind of like right at that same point where I'm like, maybe I'll just do the Corolla. <laughs> Number <laughs> but two. The, the beauty is it's my choice. Exactly. Um, and so they, so that was the option as I could take the blood sugar four times a day. And, um, then that was fine for me at the time. And I did exactly what they told me to do and came back two weeks later with all my numbers and everything looked good. And I still got this extreme judgment from them about, uh, you're going to have to do this for the rest of your pregnancy. Why would you want to do that? And they, Said they have to mark it as a high risk pregnancy and assume I have gestational diabetes. Oh and um it was just this feeling like this like rising tension in my chest, and it was like my heart was beating faster and I was upset and I didn't know how to advocate for myself. Like and those I, are your I instincts, felt, right? Like your instincts. I, yeah, I don't know. It was just like, yeah, I guess it is. It, it was something I felt like I had to listen to. Mm-hmm. because I'm not the best I'm working on this. Like I'm working on trying to speak up to my boss more, or like just be more of an advocate for myself, but it's not, it's not something that comes easy to me. Um, especially when I'm not prepared to face the situation I'm in. Mm-hmm. So it was just this feeling of like, like I, I stood my ground and said, this is what I want to do, but I didn't say, Hey, I don't think you're treating me well. Why am I, why am I getting this? So I just remember like going down to the car, my heart's beating and I called Scott and I'm like, I, I think I need to look elsewhere like this. I I don't want to feel like this during my birth. Like if there was something that I disagreed with and I, I don't know, I just didn't want to feel like that. And it's like, I can completely appreciate if people 
want to not be involved in all of these decisions and just show up and listen to what their providers are telling them. Like that's, you pay a lot of money for this and you're, if you're getting people that you trust and like, that is amazing. For me, I knew I wanted to be a part of it and I wanted to be checked in with like, how, how are you feeling? What do you want to do? Um, and I just didn't feel like I would get that. So that's when we started to explore. There's a birthing center down in Oak Park. There's only one in the Chicago area and it's not, I know you don't know these places, but it's not super close. Um, and it could be over an hour if there was traffic. So, um, and then the, so I was actually thinking about doing that for a bit and, um, I still think that would have been a good option. We took our birthing class there and it was a really nice, I thought it was a nice class. Um, and then the home birth was the other option. And so I was still kind of wishy-washy, like I can keep my providers as long as I keep, keep going to my appointments and not tell them I'm looking around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but me and my husband both met my home birth midwife, Sarah, at I want to say I was 29 weeks and it really just felt right uh, um, for both of us. And I was really glad I was, I was surprised with him too. Um, Just, I remember asking him, like, I'm thinking about maybe having a home birth and he didn't say anything weird. He's like, okay. And then he, he went and he did his research and he decided that it was, you know, he would fully support that idea. Um, And so it was nice that he didn't have any kind of bias going into it. And then the, you know, the numbers are pretty good. So yeah. anyway, this is, this is kind of a long way to say that um, this was the, the plan I had for my birth changed pretty close to what the birth was. And I had to spend time getting to know this woman because she really wants that relationship in place. Like she wants to be able to, have that command of the situation where it's like, like, okay, I'm listening to you. I'm, you know, we're all working together versus like, no, you need to stop and listen to what I'm doing now. And so she was, she wanted Scott at all the appointments. Um, She hasn't had him come with this pregnancy. And I think, I think it's because she kind of knows us already and went through a birth with us. But um she just wanted to know the dynamics of our relationship, know what she might be dealing with in terms of his support, who else would be there, what are my relationships with those people. Um, so it was just interesting. And I think I mentioned that she had me start seeing a therapist. She wanted me to see somebody while I was still pregnant, just so I had somebody available if I went through severe postpartum depression, just with my history of mental illness, I was a lot more likely to get something postpartum and I mean, versus like marking me as being diabetic, like, it's like, she's like identifying me as someone who might have a risk of postpartum depression. Like let's, let's try to prevent this as much as we can start seeing a counselor. And I'm like, okay, I don't really want to, but I respect I respect you as a professional. 
I love that so much. I just, I wish everybody did that. I wish they looked at the whole picture like that. Did your original providers know? I mean, I'm assuming they knew that piece of your history. No, they never asked. They never asked. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, you can't that's, in five minutes. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And I don't think they would. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. There was no box for that. Right. In the standard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the standard questions. So. Wow. Um, what a difference. So it is. And I, you know, I don't think everybody needs to have a home birth, but I do think that this like more holistic care, like having this team really that you can trust and Mm -hmm. work with is just amazing and I'm like building my team and I'm so thankful for it and um so yeah going into that I worked up until um well the last two weeks of my pregnancy I remember feeling like a pressure like like the baby had moved down and I felt a pressure lower down and I remember having my appointment with my midwife and she said, okay, first kid, it's going to be two weeks. Mm. And uh, I said, okay. And so I was still working. I was kind of getting things together. And then um, it kind of when that two weeks hit, like it was almost two weeks and it was a Friday. I really packed everything up, like, <laughs> like had meetings with people, handed things off, like, I don't think I'm going to be back on Monday, even though I had no symptoms yet. I kind of just like trusted that timeline. And that was that two weeks was um, uh, just a couple days before my due date as well. So it was kind of in my head, like, okay, it's happening. Um, And then, so that was Friday, Sunday, I started feeling very mild cramping. So I don't know if that was, Braxton Hicks I don't know that I ever had one um Mm. but I I just felt like kind of like a really mild period cramp kind of thing and my mom's like oh that's the start of it and um that was Sunday afternoon Scott went to work Monday and I just thought I'm gonna work a half day from home um I don't want to you know if I go into labor I don't want to be coming back um I worked in the morning and then my mom and my sister we just like hung out and went to lunch and that was when the contraction started so we like went to Panera and then (laughs) we went to the library to get a bunch of uh DVDs like (laughs) I was like oh I'm just gonna um and I don't know why I guess there's like what were we watching we were watching friday night lights That's and they took it off of netflix in the middle of us watching it so we were <laughs> able to like check out all the seasons from the library <laughs> <laughs> and then we got some just some movies uh netflix doesn't have great movies mm-hmm. so uh but i do remember like kind of having contractions in the panera and in the library like just like moving over to the side and like taking a breath and they weren't terrible, but it was just kind of like, yeah, I'm in labor and I'm, (laughs) I don't know. It was just kind of (laughs) funny. Um, and then, so we went home. I let Scott know he didn't come home early at all. We just had dinner. 
Um, and I, I let my midwife know, like, hey, I think this started. Um, it's still going really slow, but like, you know, it didn't feel like imminent, but I'm like, oh, let me give my heads up. And then I think I had that mucus plug. It might have been Sunday night that I lost that uh, because I remember texting my midwife and the response being might be the start of something might not let me like keep me posted. (laughs) So I think if I was already having contractions, she wouldn't have said that. But I remember it being really close to this whole thing, like, uh, like kind of just like having these signs and like, oh, it's it's starting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Can't stop it now. (laughs) And yeah. And then so something that was happening was I kind of had this um, nerve pain at the base of my spine with each contraction. And I still can't explain what that was or why it was like. I think maybe the baby was in some sort of position on my pelvis that was creating this, or I don't know, but we just went to bed like normal. And my contractions, I think were about every eight to 10 minutes. And, but each contraction all night I shot up and I was like holding against the wall to take this pressure off of the base of my spine. Um, so, and just actually going back, this was, uh, Connor's birthday was September 26th, which is not normally like a crazy hot time, but it was like the last five days of my pregnancy were these like record setting, mm-hmm. this record setting heat wave. Oh yeah. We, we <laughs> it was like the same, the same time. time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it was like, 93 degrees every day the last five days of my pregnancy and I didn't sleep at all like for five days in a row and I was still out I was walking like I was so good about doing my prenatal yoga and my walking and like everything during my first pregnancy and I don't know it was just like uncomfortable and hot and so that was like the the five nights prior or maybe this this night included that but um yeah, it was just kind of crazy. And so I didn't sleep all night and I hadn't slept in five days. <laughs> so, um, so finally, like I, I was letting Scott sleep because I heard like, you know, you need to, they need to be rested because it's going to be a long day for them too. And I'm glad I did that. But, uh, I finally woke him up at maybe four or five in the morning because it got really intense and we were just trying to make it to six thirty to call the midwife and the doula to come by because it was like really intensifying and so yeah I remember being downstairs like we we got up we went downstairs we had this big air mattress in my living room uh, because I thought I don't know. I like when I pictured labor, I thought we'd just like a bunch of people would be hanging out and watching movies and like we could put our feet up on this air mattress from the couch and like <laughs> um it's kind of funny, but not how it went. <laughs> and I'm still kind of thinking about it that way for this one, which is funny cuz I'm cuz I was so far off, but um but 
so we went downstairs and I actually threw up and the contractions were every five minutes and I called them over. I, I think we didn't make it till 630. We called it about six and they both came over. I don't know. It took maybe 40 minutes for them to get there, 45. And um, she, so the doula check or the doula came first and she was kind of telling me how to like, make this deep bellowing sound through the contractions and then my midwife gets there and checks me and I'm only at three centimeters oh gosh and this was devastating (laughs) um and she's like stop having her make these noises she needs to conserve her energy and because she got all that from me about not sleeping and being up all night and um I don't know. Her assessment was just like, she's exhausted. Like we need to get her to rest, I guess, because I had already been in labor at this point for 18 hours and I was only at three centimeters. So um, what she had me do was get in the bathtub and have a glass of wine. She gave me the choice of wine or Benadryl and said that they would both slow down the contractions and that the bath would relax it too. And I chose wine. I mean, (laughs) 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 Um, And then she said, you need to get into bed, like, and just relax as much as you possibly can. And so that's what I did. I, I remember like, I had a glass and a half of wine. Like I remember trying to text her after I finished the glass and the contraction slowed down and then they started speeding up a little more. And I was, I was like, can I have another half a glass? And she never responded. And I'm just like, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. At that point, um, they're basically right. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> um, I mean, better than Benadryl. Yeah. So so yeah, then I just like my midwife advised for my spinal pain to put like three legs under or no, three pillows under my <laughs> legs. <laughs> so I had like one leg flat on the ground and the other leg like propped up on three pillows so that the legs were kind of apart. And I just laid in my bed. The midwife sent everybody home. She said she needs to like not be pressured into like making this a thing. And my doula was even kind of upset because she's like, well, I told her I would stay. And the like Sarah, my midwife was just like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she's just amazing. Um, And so that's kind of what I did. I was just on my side and with this, this coccyx pain or whatever it was, I kind of had people taking shifts of like with each contraction like putting this pressure on my back, but it kind of looked like spreading my butt cheeks apart. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of this like pressure and this like opening. Um, And my mom, my mother-in-law and Scott kind of all took turns at this when I was just laying there. Um, And it seemed like it actually went by kind of fast, like not fast, but, 
it was progressing along without me having to do a whole lot. <laughs> so it was not like what I thought it would be like with the birthing ball and the positions and the, all the stuff. I'm just like, I'm not going to move. <laughs> and I'm just going to get through this. Um, so then I finally got back to the point where they were every five minutes and it was a lot more, I don't know, consistent, like extremely predictable with the severity level of it. So these were every five minutes, but it felt a lot more consistent in terms of like the severity and just the predictability of it. I don't know. It it felt different, but like, of course this entire time, like however many hours this was, I was like tracking every contraction on app and like (laughs) (laughs) looking at the data and seeing, seeing how it's speeding up. And, uh, Scott was like super into it too. And uh, like he like wouldn't pay attention to me and he's like oh I was recording the contraction I'm like no like, <laughs> we don't both need to do that right. <laughs> but too. so I called them back I think it was around 5 p.m uh because I think I remember it taking a long time for her to get here because it was rush hour on uh this would have been the Tuesday and then she finally got there and checked and I think I was at seven. So it was like, okay, this is real now. <laughs> and um, my doula says that I was like, I, well, no, I remember this. I remember kind of bargaining with her of like, okay, I think I can do this, but it's going to be today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she was like, kind of telling me like, yeah, you're, I, I'm pretty sure you're having the baby today. If it's at seven <laughs> centimeters, then. Um, but I was just like, I think I mentally, I was like, this is really hard. I don't know if I can do this, if it's going to be a whole nother day of (laughs) labor. Yeah. Um, so she couldn't like, she didn't want to like guarantee me, but I kept asking like, how much longer is it going to be? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I need specifics. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, cause you know, with the choice of an epidural it's like you always have this choice you can change your mind about a natural birth but for me it would have been extremely expensive to change my mind because I'd be paying for the home birth and then also paying for a hospital birth and then Mm. an epidural like Mm -hmm. because obviously you can't do an epidural at home um and they also can't do pitocin to induce labor at home so if I if they had needed that it would have been possible but um but it seemed like my midwife was trying to do the opposite like your body's gonna kick in if you (laughs) give it a little rest and give it what it needs to so um and so my doula was very concerned with like making sure I was hydrated and eating so we had I had some smoothies and but none like I thought I was like oh this is one of the benefits of home birth I get to eat and I didn't want to yeah (laughs) um but she kept making me like take a sip of coconut water with every contraction and that was I think I went through like six liters of 
that like really expensive coconut water that's pink. Like, oh, I love that. Stuff. I I love that stuff too. It's just like it tastes so much better than the box ones. It does. And but we bought like two for the labor, and somebody had to like go out and get more coconut <laughs> water during it, like because <laughs> that was like all I wanted. Um. So. So yeah, that was um. Like she was very into that, and then like. Um, but really took a backseat to Sarah, um, kind of leading everything. So the, she was coaching me through a lot of the contractions. Like she would put my leg up in a position and push down against me during the contraction and have me push back against her. Mm. And like, that was just one example. There was a lot of different kind of positions, but she'd be like, how was that? And I'd be like, um, that was way worse. And she's like, okay, we're going to do three more. And it was like, um, I don't know, just people asking about how could you do a natural birth? I think that was like, it kind of felt like having a personal trainer because I had this dedicated care through every contraction of like coaching me through, um, like okay three more and and it it almost like broke it up a little bit um and then she had me go in the bath and uh she's she just wanted to like try different positions again for getting through the contractions and I I'm guessing it was just like I don't know I don't know why you have to do different positions like if that helps the cervix open or um, I mean, I'm because it wasn't either. pushing. Um, but yeah, she had me go in the bath, and I was like, "Oh, isn't doesn't that slow it down?" And she's like, "Not when, not once you're at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no slowing it down once you're at eight <laughs> centimeters." Um, so I went in the bath, and that was like during transition, and it was it was like really tough, and she kind of had me like like getting up and leaning over um, where my belly was kind of hanging down, like leaning. And we have like a really big, like a two person tub kind of. Um, I didn't have a birthing tub or anything. So I was like leaning over where my belly was hanging down, like leaning over the edge for the contractions. And then she had me laid back between them. Like mm. to, like she was very concerned with me conserving as much energy as I could between each contraction. So, um, so yeah. And then I remember, so at this point it was my midwife, one assistant of hers that I think really mostly was just assisting the midwife, like getting things she needed. My doula, my mom, my mother-in-law and Scott. Um, and I do remember like being in the bath and my mom and my mother-in-law were like talking in my bedroom. So this was in our master bathroom. And I just like looked up at my doula. I'm like, who's talking? (laughs) And she's like, I'll take care of it. She like like, went out there and like told them to leave. And it's like, it's just funny because like all these things you get annoyed with 
uh, normally like people are too loud on the train or like, I don't know, but it's like, it's my birth. If anything's distracting me, it's like, go take care of this. Yep. It's your day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and that was my thing, like inviting people. I'm like, okay, but you have to be cool if I change my mind and tell you to leave. Um, so and I was I was actually a little nervous about my mother-in-law being there because I didn't know her as well at the time. Like we've gotten a lot closer because she's been watching my son um, for the last few years. But um, I invited her and she's a nurse and she was totally on board with the home birth idea, like really supported, supportive. But um, I just didn't know if I'd be comfortable like hey spread my butt cheeks apart or like get out of the room I I actually want privacy um but it was it was totally great and she was great to have there um so that's who was there at this point and then when I was in the bath my sister came by she lived with us she lived in our basement at the time and she was working and she wasn't really into watching the birth I guess the advice she got from her friend was if you see this you will never want to have your own uh which I would totally want to see a birth so I don't know different different opinions um but she came in when I was in the bathtub and like every contraction I had people were like you're doing great you're doing great and then she was in there and kind of said hi to me, how are you doing? And then I was like, oh, okay. And then like a contraction came. She's like, oh no. And I'm like, nope, I don't need that energy. <laughs> Get out. And I like, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't telling her to leave. I was just kind of like, but it's hard, like I couldn't explain all that. Like right. everybody else is cheering me on and you're being really negative. Like, um, and I'm sure in her mind it was like being sympathetic, but it was just like not the energy I needed. Yeah. It was like, um, don't feel bad for me. Like this is going great. <laughs> uh, this is exactly what's supposed to happen. So, um, that was just kind of funny, but she did take it as get out. <laughs> so she, she wasn't back until after Connor was born, but, uh, she went back to work and, um, so yeah, the, the bath, I didn't want to have the baby in the tub. And also at that point, they kind of weren't sure if my water had broken. There was no gush, um, but I had been leaking some fluids in bed and my midwife tested them to see if it was amniotic fluid. And she said kind of inconsequent or um, uh, she couldn't tell. I don't know the word I'm thinking for. Mm-hmm. Um, inconclusive. That's it. it <laughs> so they weren't sure if my water had broken, and I was kind of like, you know, my bathtub's not the cleanest bathtub in the whole world. I'm pretty sure we cleaned it, but I had been in the bath earlier, and so I like didn't want to be around a ton of bacteria <laughs> mm-hmm. if my water had broken or. That was just kind of, I didn't want to give birth in the tub because of some of that uh, cleanliness stuff. So um, so I, I was just in there for a bit and got out. And then we she checked me again and I was almost at 10. I think she said, like, once you 
feel the need to push. Like once you feel like you can't not push, that's when you need to start pushing. And then I was like, I already feel like that. Like it was this like really like this instinctual thing where like your muscles just want to fire when the contractions go. And that was like, not how it was at eight centimeters. It was like, so I was like ready. (laughs) Um, And then, so she kept kind of doing the position things again. And uh, what we tried was for pushing, like going onto the toilet in my master bathroom and so my master bathroom is actually pretty big but it's this like crazy 70s like uh all of the walls are mirrors (laughs) (laughs) that's just what you need (laughs) yeah so the tub it's this like big tub but it's like in a separate area surrounded by three mirrors that you like step into and then like the whole bathroom is all mirrors and um, for this exact situation, it was kind of cool because everybody could see like everything that was going on. Um, and we just the whole thing had like soft lighting. Like I had a we had this like Turkish lamp over our bathtub mainly because we didn't know where else to put it in our house. Just with the style of it, we we brought it back from Turkey. And I love that lamp, but it's like, it has this like red and orange. Um, So I was just like in there with the soft light, like sitting on my toilet with my feet up on my squatty potty, like. (laughs) (laughs) Living the dream. Um, Yeah, exactly. Uh, And that felt really comfortable for me to push there. And um, I could feel, feel him moving down and. at one point like they wouldn't do any checks inside of me without gloves and like a whole thing but uh, I could feel up myself and like I like felt what I thought was his head and I was like oh my god it's so close like this is like really here and I like had my husband come over like on the toilet and I'm like put your finger up there like feel and um so then I'm just like pushing pushing and then uh, there's this big like splash, like it splashed my mom and my midwife, like my water broke when I was there on the toilet. So oh. um, <laughs> surprise. Yeah. Well, it was kind of scary because it was just like, it, like I knew it wasn't the baby falling out into the toilet, but you're like, what? Yeah. In that <laughs> moment, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so oh that was when my water actually broke. And um, then I remember putting my finger back up there and like not feeling ahead. <laughs> and I'm oh. like, oh, damn it. <laughs> we're a little further than I thought we were. But so that was just the water bag. Um, and but then the, I was, you know, pushing for a while on the toilet and it really felt natural. And I could feel like feel the progress of with the contraction and the pushing, he would move down and then he would move back up like just between contractions. And it's like, okay, I think, I think that's how it's supposed to go. It's like slowly kind of bobs closer and closer. And then they said, let's go and go in on the bed for a bit and push there. And I said, okay. So I laid on my bed. And um, so for home birth, they do have you like 
make up your bed with the nice sheets that you want to be sleeping in and then put a tarp over the whole thing and then put another fitted sheet over that that oh. is going to be thrown in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was kind of wondering. So, how yeah. Uh, yeah. If you have any questions about home birth logistics at the end, feel free to let me know. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I was laying on my back in my bed, just like pushing. And it was crazy to me because the same like movement that I felt, it was like almost nothing like wow. being on my back. And but what they were doing is they were like putting hot compresses on me. And like, uh, I think that's when they did some monitoring really throughout the whole thing. I didn't have to do any continuous monitoring. I think, I think at hospitals, they do have you do a half hour of continuous monitoring yep. uh, when you get there. Yeah. And so I didn't have to do any continuous monitoring, but they did monitor uh, the fetal heart rate and blood pressure and, but it felt very non-invasive. It was just like, okay, whatever, like <laughs> just get it over with. Um, so that might've been part of why I was on the bed too. Like I, I remember it being a thing, but I don't remember it being annoying. So, um, uh, but yeah, they were like putting hot compresses on me and I didn't realize it like why at the time. But I'm like, oh, it's to prevent tearing and like just make it easier for the muscles there to relax and allow the baby to get through. So, but I just remember like, I was like competitive on that toilet. Like, yeah, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> and then I'm on my back. Like, I'm like, no, this, this baby is not moving. Like, why am I even wasting my time here? <laughs> so the mind game. Yeah. So they kind of did all that, but I was, I was listening to, like I said, I really respected Sarah. Um, then they brought me back to the toilet and, um, and I don't even know how long the pushing was. I would say it was definitely under an hour in total, but it wasn't super short. Like some people would say it's like three pushes, like it wasn't, um, so then I got back to the toilet, but for me, I, I think it was just, I liked the pushing phase of labor because it really felt like I was almost done, I guess, <laughs> like after a really long labor. And um, so, yeah, I'm back on the toilet and then his head came out on the toilet and just like pushing and that came out. And then she kind of just like helped me onto the floor so I was on a mat on my floor on all fours because obviously you don't want the entire baby coming out on the toilet <laughs> right <laughs> um but I was just like I I was still in the state of complete exhaustion and I remember like his head coming out and just this big sense of relief like oh my god I did it and I asked like can I just have a few minutes before <laughs> <laughs> before I finish this, like I was completely exhausted. I'm just like, I, I want to wait a while before I push the rest of them out. And my midwife was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> like the job is not done. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> uh, but it was just this amazing sense of relief with his head coming out. And I guess he was already like, um, it was amazing to people because he was already really responsive. Like, his body 
still inside of me and his head out and he was like I don't know like making faces or I don't know what they said but they're like oh he was like really alert and wow. I'm like oh that's so cool um so yeah I was just on all fours in the middle of the bathroom and that's where they kind of said like um so at this point my cousin had gotten there she had gotten there I don't know maybe like nine minutes or so before the head came out and like um she's 11 years younger than me so she would have been 23 but she we've always been really close and uh so she was there the midwife had a second assistant show up uh I think there is some concern the first assistant might have had to leave but she didn't and so there was nine of us in the bathroom before Connor was born and oh my gosh wow after but it was kind of this like they're all gathered around me and then they all had these mirrors <laughs> <laughs> so it was like everybody got a front row seat um <laughs> and so then yeah I pushed I pushed the rest of them out on all fours in the bathroom and they just kind of handed him to me under my legs and I got to just carry him over to my bed and um yeah it was it was super special so me and Scott got to be in our own bed and like holding the baby and try to start breastfeeding and um yeah I, I just I just loved that it was so comfortable and like I said like actually lighting was a big concern of mine with the hospital like how harsh it is because we do all this like red lighting before bed at home and like uh so the pictures are terrible because there's just this like dim (laughs) red lighting the whole time but it it just like felt really intimate and um yeah just like I don't know special and so yeah, I kind of have these pictures of just like sitting at the edge of my bed, like trying to breastfeed and Scott, like holding my boob and like (laughs) trying to get him to latch on. And, um, that was one thing where they said that maybe he would feed for like a half hour and then probably sleep for a big stretch, like the biggest stretch we'll get in a long time (laughs) that he would sleep for six hours. But that was something where, and then also the, the like nipple stimulation is supposed to help with the placenta contractions. So, um, but that was the thing that never happened for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I'm like, they're trying to breastfeed. I, I have this baby and I'm not done. Like I still have to get the placenta out and apparently that's a necessity. <laughs> <laughs> so they and, say. <laughs> Yeah. And so I never got these contractions. They're like, when you feel a contraction, tell us and we'll, you'll start to push. And I never got them. So 15 minutes after Connor was born, they gave me a shot of Pitocin. Um, so if you have Pitocin before the baby's born, it's in an IV and that's how it's administrated. But for the placenta, it's just a shot in the leg. Um, so I think they... Uh, we did delayed cord clamping. Um, it did feel like a while, but before they gave the Pitocin, the cord was cut. So it was, you know, not going to the baby at all. But so yeah, shot in the leg of Pitocin and 
you know, you assume that that'll really get things going. Like the whole job of Pitocin is to accelerate these contractions. And then nothing happened still. An hour after Connor was born, so 45 minutes after the first shot, I got another shot of Pitocin. Still nothing. And uh, I thought it was an hour and a half after he was born. My, my doula said two hours that that the placenta actually came out. But I guess Sarah kind of cleared everybody out of the room except me and Scott because it was like, it, it was cool. Like my sister came probably two minutes after Connor was born. She came back and we were just like hanging out. And I don't know, like that's what I wanted. I'm not a private person. Like I, I don't know. I wanted to like have this special moment with people I loved. And, um, and they like, yeah, so she like sent everybody out and she's like, she needs to focus and get this out because we are like five minutes away from going to the hospital, <laughs> um, which just would have really sucked. Yeah, that kills <laughs> and I don't the know. Yeah, and I don't know what would have happened to Connor. Like they couldn't check him in. Right. Um, so I don't know. But yeah, I never got any contractions, but I just kind of, remember just like pushing anyway and then it coming out (laughs) (laughs) and it was just kind of like well that was a nuisance uh but I really just think I was that exhausted like uh there was there was adrenaline around getting the baby out and like I thought even just with the head out I was like all right I'm done (laughs) (laughs) did my time (laughs) yeah so so, and then everybody got to come back in. They like kind of showed us the placenta, which was cool. Like the, it was the midwife's assistant, assistant where they examine it to make sure everything's out. But she like lifts open, like, and this is the part that the baby was inside. Wow. And like, um, cause the, the sack comes out with the placenta and, um, it was just like really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I felt like I had a ton of support with, my family around me and um I don't, I'm just like super proud of the whole I don't know the whole experience should be. it was like just uh, even telling Connor now I'm like that's that's where you came out of mommy's tummy in the bathroom like right there and um yeah it's, it was amazing and I, I wouldn't have it any other way it was it was really right for us and so they come back um they did some exams on Connor but like nobody was in a hurry to get out of there get to the next patient so it was kind of nice because we really got to have this time with him before they took him away or um whatever but they did weigh him and do whatever they needed to do at some point and um yeah none of it felt none of it felt like clinical or like I don't know impersonal I guess at all was like okay is this a good time to (laughs) to weigh him and they'd explain it and it was like still right in my bed where they're doing all these things so you're like right there um and what they and then they came back 24 hours later to do like the heel test and Mm. um so, and then, so some of those things, I think we talked about like the eye goop and 
uh, we didn't do that. We didn't do the vitamin K shot. We didn't circumcise him. And we didn't do any vaccines right away when he was born. Um, and we did drops for the vitamin K. And um, so there wasn't a ton of things, but they do tests, like they do the APGAR scores. And mm-hmm. he was a perfect 10 on his APGARs, like everything was healthy. And um, yeah, everything was great. And it, it kind of felt nice having people come back to check on me. But I do think the thing that I, you know, maybe missed by not being in hospital was something like a lactation consultant. Um, right. And my midwife kind of acted as a lactation consultant because I think right away, like where he was supposed to feed for a half an hour and then go to sleep, he didn't, he was like sucking and sucking and sucking for a long time. And I wasn't getting these contractions. He wasn't like getting full and falling to sleep. And these were probably early signs of the trouble we were going to have breastfeeding. So that would have been something that uh, maybe even I schedule that with this birth of having a lactation consultant come into my home Um, because they do that in the hospital and somebody's available. And that wasn't something I had without having to find somebody and decide if it was worth the cost and this whole thing. So um But yeah, and then I I felt like I had great care because one of the nice things was I could text my doula or my midwife anytime, like anything came up, I didn't feel right four days after the birth or, and the the doula came back a few days after he was born too. And just like, she's a chiropractor. So I'm like, can you look at my back or like, I'm having this muscular pain. Oh, I, I was having muscular pain from holding him for breastfeeding like just like Mm -hmm. some shoulder pain so uh she was helping me with that but it was it was nice like it's I don't know I was I was very happy with the care I got with the family I had here like yeah everything was just I felt like really close to everybody who was here and yeah that's amazing I love that Because I was the total opposite. I was like, no one come near me <laughs> until I say so. <laughs> so. Well, and I wanted to leave myself that option. But yeah. um, I, I, I am starting to invite even more people for this. Oh, can I come? <laughs> <laughs> if you could time that right. That'd be pretty um, impressive. <laughs> yeah. And then, no, I think my sister's planning on flying out. And then another one of my cousins, like they want to come, but they don't want to see it. They want to like mm. be downstairs. And I think my dad was downstairs for the the placenta birth. Like I think my dad, my mom texted him like, Oh, the baby's born. You can come over. Like little did he know he'd be sitting downstairs for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know. And then some of my friends were interested in coming and I, I kind of feel like like a little hesitant but I'm like I also just like really love I'm not I'm not private like I like and it's kind of like I get to be the center of attention in this special moment when I never wanted to be the center of attention for like I don't know like my wedding like I kind of want to just be a part of the crowd or like I don't know it just kind of makes it feel special yeah to me yeah Um, so I love it 
but yeah, that was that was my my home birth, and hopefully, I'll be sharing another beautiful home birth story yeah. <laughs> in a few months. Um, if everything if everything goes to plan, I'll I'll have my baby at home again and see how that goes. It's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. I'm so glad yeah. you shared that. I love it. I, lo- I love that there, we both had such different experiences, but you know, the end result is the same. <laughs> you know, it's just a healthy, healthy baby loving. that you love more than anything in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That feeling is pretty indescribable. And I had a couple people, a couple of my friends reach out to me about um, my birth story. One is pregnant now. I think I think she's like 25 or 26 weeks. And she just said, oh, this made me really excited to have a baby because I think there's a lot of, I know we've talked about this, but there's just so much fear surrounding labor and delivery. It's like everyone wants it to remain this mystery and you know, there's all this pain and it just, I don't know, it doesn't have to be that way. So I like pulling back the curtain on these experiences and yeah, I think it's really helpful. And I like to talk about it too. Like you said, it's just, I'm yeah. Glad it. so yeah, I'm, I'm glad we have this space to share it. I listened to so many birth stories when I was pregnant with Connor. It was mm. like, like I was walking and listening to birth stories like <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um, I read that Ina May awesome. Gaskin book. Yeah. I love it. But yeah, I read that and reread that. <laughs> there, there's good stories in there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah. I actually liked hearing all the stories where things didn't go to plan too like because mm-hmm. I wanted to know all the things that could happen like like the retained placenta I had heard about that in a birth story and it's like oh well at some point they can just like go in and grab it out but I heard it's like horribly horribly painful oh, and, gosh. Um, but that was like I don't know it like wasn't as surprising to me because I like knew that that was a possibility because there's so many things you've never heard of that can oh, yeah. happen during birth <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, yeah. And I like that. Yeah. Like you said, our, our stories are different, but we were, that's how we became moms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's magical. Yeah. Really is. All right. Well, anything yeah. like- no, I'm going to wake up and have breakfast now. I know. I'm really <laughs> hungry too. <laughs> We scheduled this and I'm like, oh, I'll be, I'll be off for a while before, before this and not so much. No so. way. <laughs> <laughs> well, have a wonderful rest of your day. Right, you and thank, thank you all for joining for my birth story. We'll yeah. talk to you next week. Yeah. Bye. Email us your questions at nourishedandnurturing at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at nourishedandnurturing. You can find more from me, Marissa, at confidentlybalanced.com. And you can find more from me, Michelle, on Instagram at Michelle Taggy. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you liked what you heard and share it with a friend. We look forward to talking to you next week.